Every gamer has that one game they want all of their friends to play. Maybe it's old. Maybe it's new. Maybe it's obscure. Or maybe it's the game that everyone is playing. Whatever it is, it's that one game you love to talk about. Join us as we ask each other to try this game. Adam, would you like to fire a sniper rifle at someone and watch the bullet pass through their body with a faux 3D x-ray view? That sounds neat. Would you like extra points for rupturing their scrotum? Yes. Would you like to do this with Nazi zombies as well? Oh, yeah, 100%. Sweet. Let's talk about Sniper Elite three and four. I guess we could talk about one and two, but they're old. And the Nazi zombie trilogy, which isn't called that anymore, by the way. These games were developed and published by Rebellion. The first Sniper Elite came out in 2005. Sniper Elite 4 came out in 2017. And the first Nazi zombie army came out in 2013. Okay. These games are third-person shooters, they're World War II based, and it's exactly what it sounds like. It's a sniper game. And every so often you'll get the bullet cam, which is exactly what it sounds like. You follow the bullet through the air in slow motion. It's very cool. And then you watch it pass through your target. And as it passes through, you get like this horrific X-ray <laughs> of the bullet doing its thing. And in the, the Sniper Elite games, at least in the third and fourth one, you get points depending on what kind of damage you do. And one of them was in fact, essentially ball buster, which you know, like you. Sniper Elite 3 took place in the African desert and they sort of made a, a quick turnaround, what would you call it, a spin-off product called Nazi Zombie Army, which is, you know, Hitler raises the dead and it's actually a lot of fun. Then they made Nazi Zombie Army 2, but the problem is they couldn't sell those in Germany. Oh yeah, there's all sorts of Yeah, there's all yeah. sorts of laws, right? So they made a third one, instead of calling it Nazi Zombie Army 3, they called the whole thing Zombie Army Trilogy. And there's actually Zombie Army 4, which is why I think people are confused, like where was Zombie Army 3, 2, and 1, but they changed the name so they could actually sell this in Germany and Austria. And I get it. And it's like, they're they're fun games. You're not meant to take them seriously, but this, they're fun. And they're like, they're serious stealth games. You do not go in and, because it is literally just you versus, you know, every angry Nazi or zombie in the place. Yeah, very um, much so. And I played the hell out of Nazi Zombie Army 1 and 2, and I own the trilogy. I haven't bought the fourth one just because my rig won't handle it, but I have Sniper Elite 3 and 4, and they're very satisfying. I find them very satisfying. I've actually cranked up, because you can choose how often you get like the bullet cam, and yeah. I cranked it up to often, so you get it like 75% of the time. Okay. Um, I mean, it's got a, a multiplayer, and I'm not sure how that would work. I imagine you just can't, you don't get the camera. Yeah, um, probably. But, you know, I actually kind of wish we had taken the time to play Sniper Elite against each other because mm. I can't help but think that would be super cool. It would definitely be interesting. I think I'd be more interested in playing the, the Zombie Army multiplayer uh, as That's opposed to fun. Sniper Elite uh, multiplayer. That's a lot of fun. Yeah, it's um, I've played Nazi Zombie Army 1 multiplayer mm -hmm. and it's a blast. Like, it's fucking terrifying. 
uh, <laughs> especially when you get to the church at the end and you know you kick open the door and there's a a, a pentagram painted in blood on the floor well nothing could be wrong here no and no no the, the, the hordes come so you, you you wind up with like two guys in the bell tower taking out the uh the bigger zombies and you got two guys on the the ground floor with machine guns and it's just did you play it which one did you play for this so I had in the past played uh, Sniper Elite 3, uh, the okay. one set in, in Africa. And, yep. uh, you know, I I enjoyed it and I respected it. I just think that when I was playing it, I wasn't in the right place to be playing a big old stealth game. Um, Fair enough. Because I, I wound up being frustrated with it by the end of the first level and, and said, all right, I'm good. And then for this specific recording, I went back and I, I played... Um, Zombie Army, and I think I, I think I played Zombie Army one out of the trilogy. Okay. And jumped into Which that. And pl- it was good. It it was, it, as, as with all zombie games, the game would be made infinitely better by playing with other people because this yes. this loses the loses the single player allure that uh, Sniper Elite has because there is really no stealth. It is. Like you, yeah. you've got your your first your first round that you can fire off will be stealth and zombie army, and then after that you're you're fighting against a horde of zombies. They see you coming. Like the minute yeah. they see you, they're coming for you. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. There's no way to sneak around and stealthily kill the zombies like there is in in the sniper elite games. So yeah. it really it definitely lends itself more, as I said, to to definitely being a multiplayer game. But I enjoyed it. It was fun. It was a, a great zombie shooter. It's got awesome uh, horde assault moments. It's got really really good mechanics. I enjoyed uh, I enjoyed the fact that they didn't hold your hand through it it was very much all right here's a game here's some red barrels in the distance figure it out um yeah yeah i mean the tutorial is you walking down a street and seeing a zombie chewing on someone and he'll leave you alone it gives you a chance to figure out how to use your sniper rifle Mm -hmm. but that's it yeah and it's you know standard zombie rules right it's got to be a headshot what did you think of the sound in the zombie games Sound was good. Uh, so I, I usually wind up playing most of my games with with headphones on. So I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. It's uh, it, it's quite immersive. They do a really good job of it. Again, the only issue is like once once you're into the middle of combat, a lot of it gets drowned out by the gunfire, uh, yep. except for like the screams of the zombies and their their yep. moans and groans as they're right on top of you. But I I was in, I was really into it. It was very creepy. It was well done. I was playing it sort of in the middle of October ish, so it was right <laughs> around the good time to be playing a zombie game. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I uh, I gotta tell you, the first time I played uh, Nazi Zombie Army, the first one, so this would be mm-hmm. 2013. Yeah, I actually found it a little unnerving. The sound is so good. The howls in the distance and the the nightmare, or sorry, the uh, Night of the Living Dead esque music. Oh yeah, like there's just there's not a lot there. It's minimalist, but it's super good. If you ever liked Left for Dead, but you wanted it to be a little more grown up, measured, a little more you know sniper ish like there's back for blood which is essentially the remake of left for dead it's yeah. it's made by the same guys i think it is um if that were third person man i would be playing that but unfortunately i can't if you want a game that's a little slower that isn't quite the, as chaotic this would be for you because the horde modes only come every so often mm-hmm. in a lot of cases like i found at least in the first level of nazi zombie army i found that it would be like okay there's 10 of them but half of them are a block away 
Yeah. And you think, I've got time. So you take your sweet time with those first two or three kills, and then you realize, oh my god, they're really close. And then you panic, and you pull out the the uh, the Thompson machine gun, and you start hosing them down, and then you remind yourself, no, 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 it's got to be in the head. And it's, it's pretty awesome. Um, yeah. This came out at more or less the same time, I think, that Call of Duty World at War did its zombie mode. And the same sort of thing, it's like, let's have some fun. Like, this isn't no one intends this to be taken seriously, yeah, uh, like oh Sniper God, Elite no. or Call of Duty. I mean, as much as you take Call of Duty seriously. But <laughs> this was, let's do something fun and different. And zombies are cool now. Let's try it. And I actually think this works better than Call of Duty zombies. But then I'm not a big fan of the, the Call of Duty. That's not true. I used to play the hell out of them. But I don't know. It didn't work as well as the, I think this does. Um, uh, yeah, I think that this gives sort of a more a more pragmatic approach to it um zombies in in call of duty is very very arcade shooter uh this yeah. this tries to take like i said a, a step towards pragmatism or realism or however you however you want to look at it as realism as you can get with yeah. zombies but i mean no of course nobody's meant to take this seriously the damn game opens with hitler going unleash operation z and, and yeah and, <laughs> pentagrams yeah. spread up and zombies start rising from the grave like that this is this is purely for fun and for giggles they've got characters from the left for dead series that uh reprise their roles in this game i think i i played as the uh the the redneck engineer kid from uh from the first left for yeah, dead they, game i think they threw that stuff in just for fun later mm -hmm. but uh funny enough that's not the only game we're going to talk about today that has an undead hitler in it that will come later in our recording. <laughs> uh, but you won't hear that until next week's episode for those listening. This game, at this point, you might as well buy Zombie Army 4. Yeah. You know, if if you don't care for the latest and greatest, then yeah, go buy uh, Zombie Army Trilogy, which is the previous one. But you might as well get the most up-to-date one, which is going to have the better graphics. It's probably going to have better gameplay tweaks and all of that. But play it with friends. 100%. And as for the Sniper Elite games, well, it's a single-player game. And don't bother with the first two because they're kind of old. Like, they remastered the second one. The first two, essentially, uh, Sniper Elite 2 was a remake of Sniper Elite 1, and they've since remastered that. And it takes place in Berlin in 1945. So if you want the urban setting, go nuts. But Sniper Elite 3 takes place in North Africa. Sniper Elite 4, which I really have to get back into, takes place in Italy during the Italian campaign. They're a lot of fun. There's a first-person modern-day version of it called, I think it's called Sniper Warrior, or Sniper Warrior Elite, or Sniper Contracts. It's a modern version of it, and it's first-person, so it doesn't do it for me. The sniping is freaking amazing, I must say, but uh, this is the third-person World War II version. It's quite good, and, you know, sh shooting zombie or shooting Nazis is always satisfying. Um, yeah. Yeah, definitely. It's it's this is a game for anybody who I mean, the the Sniper Elite games, if you are willing to take your time and be methodical and get yeah. big payoffs for that, then definitely go pick up one of the Sniper Elite games. Very yeah, satisfying. No, no, not in the slightest. They are super satisfying. They are great feeling to be able to set something up and pull it off sort of a la a la Hitman, but less um, yeah. Mickey Mouse theory with yep. uh with zombie army like if if you like zombies just go get it that yeah, was again especially <laughs> if you have a buddy especially if you have a buddy to play with i would imagine at this point the multiplayer community for that game has moved on to zombie army 4 because of course it has oh yeah um 
if you're thinking of well there's back for blood or there's zombie army 4 which do i get it's a pre- it's a pretty easy one zombie army 4 is going to be more methodical it's a sniper game take your time yes there there are hordes but you're not racing in there and hosing everything down whereas back for blood is pure chaos i'm sure if it's anything yeah. like the left for dead games and back for blood has like a card system so you can create builds for different types of characters mm-hmm. and stuff like that it's a different thing you know but these games are great. I have a lot of fun of them, and you know, as I'm as I'm talking to you, it's like, yeah. As soon as I'm done, I'm gonna go download Sniper Elite Four again and, <laughs> and give that a shot. And they always have silly uh, DLC where you can shoot Hitler. It's become a running joke that there's a DLC where you get to shoot Hitler. I don't care. I just enjoy shooting zombies, but or or Nazis, you know, uh, just in general. Just in general, yeah. Dead uh, or otherwise. But yeah, yeah. No, I'm. Uh, these are great games. They're not super hard on your system. They're beautiful. They're very well made. The sound is great. If you play the zombie games, put on headphones. You're absolutely right, Adam. You, you want that. You want that extra. You know the cries in the background and the mm. groans. You turn around and there's some SS motherfucker trying to eat you. See so you blow his head off. And, <laughs> um, as one does, you know, it's it's a great game. So yeah. So are you? Do you think you'll play? Do you, do you think you'll ever go back and play Sniper Elite Three? You, you think you'll ever try the campaign again? Or I don't know. Or whatever. I don't know. I've got it in my Steam library. I don't think that I'm going to pump any more money into another Sniper Elite or Sniper Contracts game until I've you know gotten through three and can mm-hmm. say that you know what I played the entire campaign and I enjoyed it, and then I yeah. can go and go and pump more money into into another game. But I think uh, I think it's going to sit there for a little while at least. That's fair. All right, yeah, for me, like I said, as soon as we're done here, I'm actually going to go download Sniper Elite 4 and replay it. Uh, (laughs) It was one of those games, I I enthusiastically bought it on sale, and uh, I played through the first mission, and I ran into a problem and went, ah, screw it, and I just never came back. Right. But I really, really should. But yeah, these are games, like, at some point when I get my new rig, I'm going to buy Zombie Army 4 and dig in and find some multiplayer. You know, it's the sort of game you you can just do it with a pickup group, I'm sure it's fine. Oh, 100%. Yeah, you don't need a huge amount of coordination. No, no. So, yeah, so there it is. There it is. Hey, Farron, just just be quiet for a second. Hey, audience, here's the more important thing. I finally got Farron to play Dark Souls. I've been teasing it for 51 weeks now, and I finally made it happen. <laughs> so yeah. let's, let's dive right into it. So Dark Souls, I'm sure that the majority of our audience is well aware of it socially. Uh, developed by From Software, produced by From Software and Namkai Bando. Sorry, Namco Bandai. I always get that backwards. Uh, Is it directed... Bandai Namco? Like, they keep changing it, right? Like... Yeah, they they flip flop back and forth yeah. to Bandai Namco, Namco Bandai. <laughs> I just call it Bamco sometimes, just to get it out yeah, of the way. Yeah, those guys. <laughs> yeah, those guys. This game was directed by Hidetaka Miyazaki, who's been pumping out hits for from uh, from software since the early Kingsfield games. Uh, this was originally released September 2nd, 2011. It's available on the PlayStation 3, Xbox 360, Windows, PS4, Xbox One, and Switch. And this is definitively, 
I would say in my top three favorite games of all time, hands down, without question. Well, it created uh, its own genre. I mean, <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm sort of. I mean, that was that was well, more demon genre, but yeah. Yeah, Demon Souls really pioneered it. It was the first one to come out in Japan, and it was sort of the sleeper hit. People picked it up in the West, and finally got localized over to PlayStations here. And then that was that was a whole fight between FromSoft and Sony as to who got the rights to that. So FromSoft actually wound up creating the spiritual sequel to Demon Souls: Dark Souls, which is the game we're talking about today. And then that spawned out Dark Souls One, Two, Three, and everything else that, uh, yeah, Sekiro and. and coming soon next year february elden ring is going to be coming out so dark souls itself is a third person action rpg where you are hack and slashing your way through a, a grim dark world uh with very little story really presented to you it's it's a game where it plops you down and says here's a story somebody tells you you're the chosen one go and it is a game that respects your time and respects your intelligence and gives you the opportunity to really look ahead and see what's coming at you and it expects you to pay attention and listen and think and be critical of what you're doing in the game so i'm sure that i'm going to go and, and ramble on about this game for a while here but why don't you tell me about your first experiences with the game so you know, these are games that I looked at and went, yeah, no way. Like, not my thing. <laughs> and, and, but it's funny because when I saw Bloodborne, is that the name of it, Bloodborne? When yeah. I saw that one come out, I thought, you know, that might actually be a reason to buy a PlayStation 4. Yeah. Uh, because it looks really cool. Looks, And I like the, the aesthetic. Mm -hmm. um, and if it ever came out for PC, I might actually I might actually consider it. Like I said, it's, I'm getting a new rig at some point. There's a good um, chance. I did not think I would enjoy this game at all. I when I when I downloaded it yesterday, I thought, oh man, I just, let me just get through this, right? Mm -hmm. But I enjoyed it. I can't say I'll ever play it again, okay? Because I don't like the way it looks. Okay. Now part of that is it took one look at my system, went, yeah, okay, and <laughs> it pushed that, you know, it, it pushed everything to low and all that, and I hated the film grain. I should have turned that off. Yeah. Um, my only issue was the controls. I kept trying to use the face buttons because I'm used to playing Assassin's Creed. And, and so uh, I kept like doing this fucking dance emote when I wanted to hit a guy. <laughs> I couldn't figure out, which, you know, strangely enough, doesn't do the same thing. I mean, me dancing would kill anything, but this dude dancing wasn't going to scare an undead dude. You know, the controls kind of pissed me off, but I got to say, I did enjoy it. I went as far as killing the first boss. Not that that's any great achievement. You know, I stand on the balcony. I'm looking going, hmm, what's that guy? And suddenly the balcony collapsed. I fell down and went dead. And then I went back and I just beat the shit out of the guy. But here's the problem. I didn't really catch on how to play this. So I played the first 15 minutes of the game with a broken sword. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah, so it's really hard to kill guys with a broken sword because you're essentially yeah. pummeling them with your fists. But once right. I found, you know, an actual sword, I, it, it became a much easier game. I'm sure I could tinker with the controls. I'm sure I could make them do what I wanted. I'm sure that's not a problem. What I found interesting is that it's not really an action game so much, like a pure action game. It's actually a puzzle game with action elements, isn't it? It's about figuring out how to beat what's next and how to yeah. get where you're going. And there are hints, and those hints from people can be misleading. I've read the stories <laughs> of people falling <laughs> off of cliffs and, mm -hmm. and shit like that, uh, which I think is kind of funny. I mean... There may be some people who go, yeah, that's bullshit. I'm sure you can turn that off. But, you know, I I kept playing it, and I mentioned this to you yesterday when I was done. I kept saying to myself, well, if I'm going to play this, why don't I just go and play For Honor? Mm -hmm. I can understand why why that call is to you, because it 
For Honor, it's it's very similar vein. It's the same combat yeah. style. But in For Honor, you can't kill giant dragon gods. You know, yeah, like... that's the thing. This is much more. <laughs> this is much more fantasy oriented. Mm-hmm. The, you know, the For Honor has always interested me. And yet, strangely enough, even though I went and bought the expansion or played the, day, I never played more than twenty minutes of the thing. Played a lot during the beta, but not now. Uh, right. But with this game, I'm playing it, and I realize. Okay, I like this just enough that if Bloodborne ever came out for PC, I'd probably jump on it. Okay. It's the same vein. Bloodborne is a a little bit different. It's much more fast. It's much more flighty. And then I I think that if Bloodborne does come out on the PC, I would think that you should play it because if for nothing, then from a writing perspective, I think you would enjoy the game because it is not as it presents itself to be. Um, okay, and I, I won't, I won't say anything more than that. But with with Dark Souls, yeah, when you mentioned that it's a puzzle game wrapped in sort of a an action tortilla, there's a lot of people who have compared it to you know being a puzzle game, to being a rhythm game, to being you know anything anything other than what it itself presents itself to be. And I don't disagree with that. I think that it is very much a rhythm game. You you learn the timings on attacks. You learn how to parry. You It's very much a puzzle game, uh, especially on some of the bosses that are specifically puzzle bosses. You need to figure out what to do and when to do it for exactly how to beat them. Yeah, It's it's such a good game on so many levels, not only from, from game design, but from a storytelling perspective, because and I'm sure that you probably didn't wind up clicking with this at all, but if you go into your inventory and you go and look at any piece of gear that you've got, you can swap it over to like a little bit of a narrative about that item. And That's it'll tell you it'll tell you something about the world. This sword came from you know, this portion. This this is a piece of armor from uh, the Onion Knights of Katarina. This is uh, a piece of a ring from this part of the world. And as you do that, you start filling in this grand picture. Story, story-wise, story this game is very straightforward. You know, you, you wake up in an asylum where all the undead have been wrangled and somebody drops you a key and says, hey, you're the chosen one, get out. Uh, you need to go find this Bell of Awakening. You go to this land of lords called Lordron, and you get there and you talk to another guy and he says, oh, actually, that prophecy is kind of outdated. We got two bells here. You need to go and find one here and find one there. You find those and then a giant snake says, hey, congratulations, you're the chosen one. You need to go and talk to the princess and she'll help you to do this thing called linking the fire. And you go talk to the princess and she lets you teleport around the world and then and then you go and link the fire. Or yeah, you... So it's, it's, so it's an actual story. It's an actual narrative. Sure. Or you don't do any of that. Or you you go to Lordren, you ring the bells, and you go do something out of order, and you talk to a different giant snake who says, hey, this is all bullshit. This is all lies. This is the oh. world just trying to consistently, perpetually burn this fire so it doesn't enter an age of darkness. So, hey, what you do this time is get back there and, and don't link the fire. Walk away and let the darkness overtake. And it's this constant cycle. There's the two endings of this game. You you link the fire or you don't link the fire. And it's this very a very meta narrative on like the the perpetuity of consequence and what what we actually believe to be true versus what is actually true and does it really matter at the end of the day because it doesn't matter which option you pick. When you pick that option, you roll the credits and then you start back in the asylum and everything is just the same as it was and whether that's uh, a question for the players of well doesn't matter what you did you always get back to the same point or whether that's 
that was originally just designed as a gameplay feature is, you know, something that Miyazaki has never really gone on the record and confirmed one way or the other. But, that's interesting. That's way yeah. more complex than I expected it to be. That's that's the thing is a, a lot of I think a lot of the games that I've actually tried to bring to the podcast are, are sort of subversive like that. <laughs> well, some of them have been anyways, but I, I love it so much for so many different reasons, because there's so many different ways that you can play this game. It doesn't matter what you do to your stats. A sword is always going to swing at the same speed that a sword is going to swing at. Yeah. An axe, that axe is always going to swing the same speed in the same way. The question is finding a weapon that has a move set that you like and learning how to use it or not fighting a weapon and using magic or using pyromancy or using miracles of the gods. And um, Interesting. He, yeah, it's 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 a game that's got a mass amount of replay value. And even even today, I'll still go back and I'll replay this game and find new things, find new things to look at, find new ways to approach a situation. I've still never made it through with a full like magic casting build just because I don't <laughs> I don't have the patience to stand there and, and have my character cast. I'd rather roll out of the way of things and, and whack it whack it on the back of the leg. But uh, so what yeah, what are your sort of thoughts in, in general on like the, the design of this game? Like what did you think about how it was sort of Put together from a gameplay perspective uh you know it, it, it's again i had some issues with the controls but mm -hmm. i suppose if i owned this game and i was going to commit to it i would reconfigure the controls like i'm notorious for buying a game and spending an hour just tweaking settings before i ever get around to actually you know playing it mm -hmm. um and i suspect i would spend a lot of time tweaking it so that i was very happy with the way it controlled yeah uh, my only issue is i there is no tutorial. There's the messages on the ground that'll tell you one thing or you know another, and because I was unfamiliar with the genre, the you know the Demon Souls or the Souls subgenre, I didn't know what to expect. That's mm -hmm. on me, but it looked good. It's a little grim dark for me. I kind of think the grim dark thing is silly, and you know, but I guess the best I can say is I appreciated it. Mm -hmm. It's not necessarily what draws me to a game but i understand the draw of it okay i you know i understand that this is a game where it's like okay i better figure this out I okay i gotta go kill this guy but how do i do that mm -hmm. and okay this didn't work this didn't work on the last guy but it's working here i'll use that going forward and then you go to the next guy oh crap now it doesn't work again so i guess i better find another strategy and i appreciate the puzzleliness of it because in the end it means you've got to keep thinking you know the the that one you know that one weird trick won't work on everything whereas mm -hmm. in assassin's creed once you learn how to beat the big heavy armor guy it's you know you pass through them like you become a blender right mm -hmm. you encounter a new guy you learn the fastest two couple ways to beat him now he's not a problem and by the time you get to the end of the game you see 20 enemies in front of you you go okay and you just pass right through them because you're so good at it in a game like this, I get the impression that's not something you can do. You must constantly adapt. You must constantly learn. You must take your time. The next big puzzle isn't moving blocks around. It's a big pissed off guy with God knows how many heads and who knows what. And he's going to fuck you up if you don't learn how to deal with him properly. And it forces you to think about it. You know, I have another friend who plays this and he says, I like that I'm forced to think every time I encounter an enemy, even if it looks simple. What am I missing? What is it, you know, this looks too easy. What am I missing? 
what is it going to take to bring this guy down and can I do it the same as I did the last time and what do I have to change and it's sort of a thinking person's action game and I respect that a lot it's not my thing not that I'm not a thinking person it's just not my sort of thing <laughs> yeah zog like game but I, I appreciate it for what it is and I totally see the draw for you I really do okay do you know what I'm I'll be honest with you I I expected this segment to go way differently I I fully <laughs> expected to have Fuck you walk in here and go, this is stupid. Why is everything so fucking hard? This is ridiculous. Like, no, I'm I'm really glad that you you were able to, you know, see past the the insane immediate difficulty spike of this game and and um, get to the puzzly elements of it. Because I figured that was, if anything, that was what would get you. And I do think that if slash when Bloodborne comes out on PC, it would be a really good one for you to get into. Um, it's a lot yeah. more quick a lot more hack and slash a lot less hide behind a shield and wait for something to happen but do do you think that i i guess i guess if it comes out on pc do you think you'd give that a go uh you know it's gonna depend like i'm buying a new pc i have so many games on my list but Fair. yeah if bloodborne came out i think i might jump on it I, i'd probably wait for it to be on sale because i can't see myself going hardcore into the game no but you know a game like that it's not going to release a full price anyway no. Like it's too old a game, but I think I might jump on it, but I won't jump back on this one. I'll say no. that much. I kind of uh, figured. But I'll I'll try again. I think Bloodborne has an, a visual aesthetic that's just enough for me to say, I'll give this a go. All right. Well, for me, I, you know, I played through all the Souls games multiple times. I I enjoy Sekiro so, so much. I've, I've thought about trying to learn to speedrun it. I love Bloodborne. <laughs> when you talk about subversive games and complete world twists i think bloodborne is is definitely up there um okay. and i i couldn't be more excited for elden ring to come out in like six months time so yeah or a year or two years or who the hell knows right well i mean like we we just got a pre-release trailer yesterday uh it's it's just up for pre-release now so they've sure they've got is. they've got a hard date for it so we'll see um. Yeah, okay, I believe that. <laughs> you know what, I'd rather, as with any game, I'd rather they release it six months or a year late and have it actually be worth playing than six months of going, well, I guess I'll come back when they fix this. Yeah, I, I very much agree. Very, very much agree. But I, I can't wait for the next uh, next offering from Hidetaka Miyazaki, who is one of my favorite game devs of all time. But uh, yeah. I, think that, I think that that's about enough said on this game. So there all it right. is. There it is.